Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I spoke to Brock Tully. I've been communicating back and forth with Brock for a number of years now. He is an icon in Canada. I first connected with him when I had moved to Vancouver and fell in love with this place and he shares that same admiration for Vancouver and it was just the most amazing chat we covered so many topics I learned about his wild story riding his bike across America three times raising awareness for mental health before anyone was talking about it writing reflection books working with Eckhart Tolle before Eckhart became a thing he is an incredible person he is a selfless person and I just I learned so much I'm on a bit of a high after this one so thank you again for tuning in to move your mind every week and if you'd like to learn more you can purchase the move your mind book by going to nickbrax.com book or you can join the move your mind community by going to moveyourmind.me all right brock thank you so much for coming in person we've talked for i don't know how long now but i'm so happy that i got to actually meet you in person because most of these podcasts i do over zoom and we're just talking about computers and technology and everything imaginable happens every time so it's nice to just sit here in person and do it i don't think too many things can go wrong no this is so nice and relaxing and great to meet you too nick and all the work you're doing is amazing yeah really appreciate it and i mean it's super inspiring i've sort of seen from afar what you're doing i think i'd reached out to you quite a while back maybe when i was actually living in vancouver but uh you know to see sort of over such a long period, I guess just to see how you've conducted your life and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. I think it's just such an important message and probably could not be more important um, than ever in this day and age with all the you know different noise and just the crap that we're fed these days yeah. to just see how you're conducting yourself. It, it is, it's really refreshing. Well, well, you know, and it's important to, to know too that I falter a lot, you know, I, I talk about it, I write, um, you know, with my books and speaking, th- things come through me and, and I know how I'd like to be living, but I'm not always living that way. Um, but I try to stay in touch with my heart as much as I can. So I don't want people to put me up in a pedestal or um, that I'm just on this journey too. But I think, and I, I always mm-hmm. tell people too, you know, like say in the downtown east side where people are struggling with drugs or whatever, you know, you don't have to have it all together before you get out and speak at things. It's your story that's important that we're growing or we're dying really. And, and uh, so it doesn't matter, nobody's ahead of or behind anybody else that we're all just um, wanting to grow, you know, that's what's important. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think, um, you know, that's really been my philosophy with the work that I've done has been, how can I, I mean, it all started for me just sharing my own story. And that really taught me the power of storytelling. And, and yeah. like you're saying, it's not about having all the answers or there's no one size fits all. No, no one can have all the answers. Uh, but if we can learn to just 
be more open and share yeah. stories you know that's how we learn and that's how yeah. we can understand other people understand ourselves and well you know we we I, I was actually living when I first moved here on um, right near Hastings Street and wow. and I couldn't believe you know the I didn't know anything about the sort of drug problems and homeless problems in in Vancouver and I couldn't believe how big of an issue it was and I remember every day I'd be walking down Hastings to go to the gym and I would just really take my time to look around and see what was happening and just think to myself these people you know people are so quick to judge but you know yeah. what probably for them you know one or two things didn't go their way that you know a couple of things happened um that would have tipped any of us into that same position and now mm. they're stuck there and you know they're no better or worse than us they just need you know they just have had bad luck in life and they need help and they need support yeah. and you know we're very quick in society to judge people yeah it's interesting i, I ran an, an event in vancouver it's called one of a kind stories and another event too where we had 600 people in the audience and it was a day of 12 stories 10 minutes each and people, I got people that had never shared their story. They felt so much shame around it. Mm. Maybe they lo um, lost a leg in an accident or they were addicted to drugs or maybe they'd been raped or, you know, ab abused in different ways and they'd held it inside. And they got the courage to come and um, they spoke in front of 600 people. Every time it would be a standing ovation, people in tears, that people saw that nobody was really judging them. And, mm -hmm. But it's more like in our head, you know, that that we do that and when when I go to like to the downtown east side again one guy he came up to me and said Brock I've seen you down here quite a few times you know but I, I felt too much shame to come up to you and uh, anyways my name's so-and-so and I said wow and, and when I was in high school in West Vancouver he was the, like the captain of the football team and I was captain of the basketball team we knew each other quite well and um, so I asked him his story and you know, and, and he said, you know, I was married with three kids in West Vancouver and uh, I fell off uh, the ladder, broke my back, ended up in the hospital, got addicted to the drugs for the pain. And um, I went, slid downhill and, and my family left me and, and he's down there. And I would have thought like, a lot of times people down there think I'm like 45 and I, I'm 75, you know, and, but um, here is a guy that looked like he'd be my father almost. I mean, wow. he looked so old and yet his story was so sad and just broke my heart, you know, and how quickly that can happen. So I always just think we're this close to being down there, really, all of us. It's such a good point and, you know, that is so sad and <clears throat> just it, it hits home because you sort of... I think a lot of this stuff we, we categorize and think, oh, no, that can never happen to me. And it's yeah. a, almost a self-protection sort of mechanism. But yeah. like you're saying, it's just the, the human mind is so fragile. And I, I think people don't realize that, and you were telling me before we started, you know, that all these healthy things that you do, you don't, you know, how, how you eat, you don't do drugs, alcohol, none of that stuff. And um, this isn't something that comes easy or that you just can decide you're going to do and everything's okay it's like anything it takes maintenance it takes everything's a day-by-day -day proposition and yeah no, it's, think, it's yeah. very it's very hard <laughs> i mean it's funny because i quit drinking and drugs and i'd never drank coffee but yes. meat and everything 50 years ago like it's amazing it seems like yesterday in a lot of ways 
But you know, when you're saying that to another event I, I ran in Vancouver, I organized was a world kindness concert for 12 years with all the best performers. They all gave their time because they liked what I was doing around preventing bullying and stuff. Mm. And But the last couple of years, I got somebody right off the streets and we filmed them and I showed it on the big screen at the thing, you know, where there's thousands of people at the event or at the concert. And um, they got the biggest standing ovations, you know, because they... I think everybody kind of relates like I really believe and maybe we'll get into it a bit mm. about, more about with addictions and different mm. stuff but I really believe that right now a lot of people are really hurting every person I meet um, knows somebody in their close circle that's either addicted dealing with a depression or, or whatever that we're all we all think we're alone and that's what I want people to know we're not alone and that people do care and, and we need to share our stories and, and so that we can grow and uh, not isolate anyone. I couldn't agree more with that and again that's you know my really my biggest sort of mission with what I'm doing it's all about you know like what we're doing right now I'm interviewing but it's just about sharing stories how to, yeah. because everyone has a story everyone can learn and and we do have that it's, it's crazy yeah. all the stuff you're saying you know I'm resonating with in my own life where you have these voices in your head and you feel this shame about certain things and you think that everyone else is going to judge you or this or that yeah. or the other and no one really cares you know yeah. it's, it's a battle against yourself yeah and we just all want to feel heard and we tell ourselves when we're struggling you know we'll look at and so I think social media is you know yeah. has destroyed a lot of or elevate a lot of these issues because we can just see all these people that are showing the highlight of highlight reel of their life yeah. and compare our dark moments to that and ask ourselves, you know, what's wrong with me? Yeah. When there's nothing wrong with you, you're yeah. a human, you're going through the same things everyone goes through in a different way. Yeah. But we don't, you know, we don't realize that. Yeah, and that's you know, that's especially with young people and what I'm trying to do is get people to talk more about what they're feeling and everything you know say say for an example if you're gay or lesbian and you're in my day way back well you never knew anybody that was because it was so hidden right and and people would bully or whatever but you know you have something like um somebody's bullied because they're gay they think it's because they're gay and then you end up having pink shirt day and you find out that 99% of the students in the school support you. They're all wearing pink shirts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so yeah. that's what I want people to see that with bullying, that's just one or two people. But what's tragic is we'll bully ourselves every day after that mm -hmm. in our head mm -hmm. and think there's something wrong with us. But there's something wrong with the person doing the bullying. Yeah. And there's nobody was born a bully. That, so I've bullied and been bullied. And so I don't like when somebody calls somebody a bully or any kind of label or name because we're just people that sometimes we have, when we lose touch with our heart, we do the not nice things that we do. And when I'm in touch with my heart, then I see us all as one. And I don't want to hurt another human being. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to, again, you know, what you were talking about before we started recording with just labeling people yeah. in, in general and and it's true and same with me I've been bullied I've bullied people we all learn you know yeah. and we all and and I think we're very quick to judge people you know yeah. you see someone who um is who makes a mistake or yeah. who whatever happens you know society these days seems very quick to just try and cancel people judge people i think people should be punished if they do the wrong thing but we need yeah. to also be empathetic and understand hang, hang on this person yeah is clearly 
not innately a bad person. Yeah. What have they been through? What's led to them to get here? And it doesn't yeah. mean we should accept bad behavior, but it means we should, you know, try and treat them as a human who's on yeah. a journey and, you know, not be so judgmental because that's where all yeah. the shame comes from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. To, to, I guess basically to see the essence. One of my little thoughts in my book, this is a real simple one, is I may not like what someone does, but I love that someone who does it. So yeah. we might not like their actions. And, and yeah. definitely they, that we need to have punishment for that. Or I believe in tough love and, you know, and, and um, but but we need to care about each other and, and, and know that they can change. Like for for me, I, I was um, when I was 23. Um, I was playing football at university and in a fraternity and addicted to drugs and alcohol, but nobody knew that I was suicidal and depressed. I was the happiest guy. I was kind of the fun guy, life of the party and stuff, but I was very close to taking my life. And now look at me wow. now. But so wow. when I say, look at me now, I'm not saying like I've got it all together because now I get depressed, but it's not for months on end mm. it's for a day or, but to me now when I get depressed, it's a signal to me that something's going on in my life I'm not happy with. Whereas before, when I wasn't happy, I wanted to numb that feeling, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so I would drink. But now I want to look at it and say, wow, no, I'm just maybe not doing enough in this world. I'm not following my purpose. I'm not doing what I was called to do. So I look at it as a message to me with anger, the same thing. When I'm angry, it's important to get it out, yell into a pillow or or do something, um, but not to take it out in other people and things. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I think I love that because it's it's um it is so easy to get caught up in that, and yeah. you know we we just sort of you can go down that path where you just you know you you don't allow yourself to actually feel things or understand the messages yeah. telling you or make the changes you need to make, but yeah. It is hard. It's really tough, it's and tough. because it's not easy. <laughs> well, it's such a strong sort of feeling when you're yeah. in those negative, you know, states. It feels yeah. like it's going to be forever, and it feels yeah. like it's impossible to be happy again. And how do you get out of it? But yeah, yeah. It leads to me, I guess, what I what I was hoping to learn from. One of the key things I wanted to ask you is um, your story. You know, how yeah. how did you get to where you are now? You know, I mean, it's yeah. wow. maybe not maybe like an abbreviated version, yeah. But, but, I, you know, you've done so many different things, but where did it all start? And, you know, you just sort of reflected on a, you know, you had problems with depression, drugs when you were younger. Yeah. How, how did you go from, you know, that to where you are now? You know, I want to hear a bit about, about well, your journey. Well, it's, it's fascinating, though, actually, because and I can give you quite a short version, but I was at university, suicidal and depressed, as I said. I was sitting under a tree in the park, or Stanley Park here in Vancouver. Yeah. I had my books, and I said, you know, Either I take my life, or I was student teaching at a high school, and a young guy, failing in phys ed, said to me, do you want to ride across North America on a bicycle? Nobody's ever done it. 1970. <laughs> wow. So I said, sure, thinking he was kidding, because he, <laughs> he was failing in phys ed, right? This right, long-haired right, right. guy, and, and uh, didn't like sports and stuff. And um, so he kept me at my word. He was on a three-speed bike. We went as far as Minneapolis together, and I couldn't keep up with him most of the time. And um, I'm exaggerating a bit, but we were about equal. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I continued on, not for, I didn't leave him for any bad reason. I just needed to be alone because now, I mean, I was the kind of person before that that would go to a movie with somebody more so people thought I had friends. I couldn't do mm, something, go for mm. dinner by myself, or, you know, people would think there was something wrong with me. Whereas now I love to go to dinner by myself or whatever. Yeah. So anyways, 
I continued on. I ended up going 10,000 miles or 16,000 kilometers all around the United States and Mexico. And that was the time wow. of the Vietnam War and the racial riots and the hippie movement. So, you know, they had oh me in God. jails in Mississippi so, and different things. But every day was an adventure. So I started to really see pe people like I really saw how, um, you know, in the black part of Chicago, they wanted to beat me up because I was white when I went through the ghetto there and they were throwing rocks at me. But I felt how I became prejudiced to black people in no time. Mm. And then when I went through the South, the white people wanted to throw me in jail and the black people were my friends. Mm. So I saw how we're conditioned by our environment. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. so just like with religions or whatever, I say to people that are really fanatical about their religion or something I say well what if you're born in another country under that religion wouldn't you be just as fanatical yeah and I'd kind of go like well yeah maybe I said you're a passionate person but you know we need to see how all religions really deep down want the same thing you know so one of my thoughts in my book is every human being is one of a kind to be human is to live as one and be kind Mm. And to really see that inside we're all, that's why I was inspired by Martin Luther King and Gandhi and people like that. So that bike turn, trip turned around my life. That's when I quit drinking and drugs and meat and I eat fish still, but, um, and no coffee and stuff, but I eat sweets. Yeah. But I'm trying to quit those now too. <laughs> Anyways, um, so then 30 years later, um, I started the Kindness Foundation of Canada and people said why don't you ride around North America again which I did Wow! and that was with um, Wilma and we went um, 17,000 kilometers and right around the outskirts of the United States and Canada across wow. Canada and that was fantastic and then um, I did a third one that was really tough that w I was 63 years young at that time in 2009 and I went um, through Mid-America, had a team of people here that set up a place for me to stay every night for eight months. So that was really neat. But every day I had to ride, and I was pulling the 70-pound trailer, every day I had to ride to get to that next day. So if I was sick or whatever, and that took a toll on me, like emotionally and physically and, and mentally and everything, because it was so difficult. Um, but so really on those things I really learned and out of it came my little books and out of it came, you know, concerts I organized around kindness and, and, and uh, events and different things. So, and then speaking at different things, um, which I did. So basically that's kind of my story. And yeah, along the way I'd falter and do crazy stuff, but then I'm slowly learning, I think. And, and, uh, so one of my little thoughts too, do you mind me throwing in little thoughts from my book? Please do. Please okay. do. One is I want to work hard in my faults, but be easy on myself when I falter. Mm. You know, I don't want to beat myself up. I want to know that I'd, if I did something I didn't feel good about, I didn't mean to do it. I, I just had lost touch with my heart and um, not to beat myself up. And I think that's what people do. I think that's really tough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I, and again, I can go on my own personal experience when yeah, I'd love to I, hear. Well, just when I make mistakes, I'll beat myself up. Yeah. And I'm getting better sometimes but it is just so difficult not to go into that where yeah. to just be easy on yourself and think you know what like okay I wasn't in tune with myself but you know let's move on what can I learn from yeah. this it's so hard not to sit in that feeling of just uh, self-hatred or frustration at you know making a mistake in something yeah and that's 
Can I tell you where I believe it all comes from? Yeah. In my, this is my own, you know, I never read books and stuff, and I, people always laugh at me. I got through university without reading, and, and mm. <laughs> I, I, I never went to class or anything. Yeah. But, um, but, so I kind of try to listen to here, and my belief, just a quick thing, is that we came here as little children so full of life. I used to lifeguard, and I'd watch kids at the beach. They're never, ever bored. They're just so full of life. In grade one, we start teaching children at home and in our community and church or whatever that something out there is going to make them happy, like their money, the marks, the trophies, their skills, their looks, whatever it is. So what happens is we move from our heart to our head. Yes. When I'm in my head, I, I miss my heart. You know, like that was the love of life that's been in the moment, you know, as Eckhart Tolle says in The Power of Now. Mm. By the way, I helped him publish that book and uh, really? The Power of Now. Oh, wow, I've got to ask you about he, that. He second. came yeah. to me because of my little book, so it was quite an honor. Wow. Now he's all over the world, just about being in the moment, right? So so in grade one, we we move from our heart to our head. We start moving, and, and, and what happens is we start to be disconnected from our heart. And so when we're unhappy, we have a choice to put other people down, which is bullying, or we can grow as a person. But sadly, in schools, we don't talk about feelings. We don't, you know, we're, we're marked at a very early age. So what we do in, in school is we're always comparing ourselves to each other, like in sports or, or, or school or whatever, our looks again, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so what we do is every person has something about themselves they don't feel good about. And so we focus on that. Mm. You could ask, because you speak at schools, you could ask an assembly of 600 kids, how many of you have been bullied? Every hand will go up, yeah. but they think they're alone. So when we're, when we're disconnected from our heart like that, um, um, then we're not happy. And so we have that choice. And then it bec we become so conditioned to that as we get older. We want all these different things, you know. And um, at our funeral, no, nobody ever says what kind of car you had or what kind of mark. It's the kind of person we are. But mm. we lose touch. So, so my belief is that a lot of our anger, I'm not saying with things always, but um, our anger is that we're angry because not that many years ago, you were that little child on the beach so full of love and excitement, and you've lost that. And we're angry because of that. And we're here, we're, we're comparing ourselves to other people. So I believe now there's only one main addiction, and that's we're addicted to not feeling good enough. So mm -hmm. just like you said, when you put yourself down or you do something you don't feel good about, so I believe we all don't feel good enough, or most all of us, I can't say all, but we, we don't feel good enough, and then we're drawn to other forms of addiction, like drinking or drugs or food or whatever it is, because who doesn't want to feel not good enough? And that numbs our feelings. And if you go to the downtown east side again, where people are addicted and stuff, mm. every person there, their story was of abuse or trauma or whatever. And um, they, they want to numb themselves. They don't want to feel. And I said, but by feeling, that's when you're going to start growing. And with that event that I did, people would be in tears. And that's what's healing because they're opening up their heart and saying, and then people are giving them a standing ovation for saying, well, I was raped or whatever, and, and, and um, I just feel so much shame, and then to get a standing ovation, they're like, how empowering. They're like, wow, nobody's really judging me. I'm judging myself. I'm mm -hmm. beating myself up because I don't feel good enough. Yeah. Isn't that tragic, eh? It's so tragic, and I resonate with everything you're saying. I mean, yeah. it's just, I, lo I love how you've 
worded that because it's a very um, you know it's a it's a simple way to understand simple, yeah. to understand a very complex thing going on in the world where like you're saying whether someone is addicted to drugs porn social media work whatever the hell it is yeah. it's it is really stemming from exactly what you said where we're not feeling enough we don't feel right inside we're unhappy we don't want to deal with our emotions we feel like we just cannot be what the world wants us to be it's too hard so then you numb yourself and then you stay on that cycle and you never get out of it and it's it's yeah. really sad yeah. and it's like it doesn't get better like i always thought you know surely people as you get older you know this this stuff must change and it doesn't it almost oh, it, no. it gets it's, worse it's it gets worse. worse yeah it's worse because people was, get set in their ways you know you, yeah, yeah exactly i was mad at my parents for so long mm. and then i was real, realized i wasn't conditioned as long as they were so i had to change that pattern and so i was no longer mad at them for being these perfect people so you know so like one of my thoughts you kind of said it is yeah. to me life is simple we've made it complicated and the challenge is to get back in touch with its simplicity yeah another one is kind of like on relationships i i don't want you to fill a hole in me i want you to feel whole with me yeah so it's a, it's a funny thing how we're brought up like things are changing all the time for me and, and but with relationships that um i always thought you know what we were saying my wife or my girlfriend or my, my you know that I don't own people. I don't like that word my, but I don't even like that when people, for me, this, whatever the people do is great. So I'm not saying for anybody else, just me, but, um, my soulmate, and it sounds so nice and spiritual and everything, but I don't like that anymore because the word my is in there. Mm. And I think now my thought is that my soulmate is my own heart. And when I'm in touch with my own heart, my soulmate, then everybody's my soulmate. Yes. You know, I'm not walking down the street looking for somebody that's going to be my my partner. Oh. Yeah, because I don't I don't um, I don't need that, or I don't want, I I still very I'm very needy, but I, I I don't like that about myself, and I don't want to need somebody. I want to appreciate them and love them and nurture them for who they are. So I want them to be somebody special in my life. I yeah, I mean it's and it, that's a it's a big area because and I, it's it's so interesting with relationships and dating and you know we've been conditioned through you know hollywood movies where exactly. you know love at first sight this happy like it's happily ever after or whatever and it's meant to be you taught that it's meant to be lust and yeah. it's meant to be this and i i've been you know i was talking to you before about how i've been living in new york and the the dating over there is just crazy and i've got friends that have a lot of money there they're going through you know chasing women and trying to meet the next best thing and even if they're happy with the person they meet they're looking for no there's got to be something better and yeah. it is just and I, you know i've fallen in those patterns in the past as well because yeah. you get conditioned to think okay this person's going to be my savior yeah they're gonna they're, they become like a drug they're, they're yeah. the new drug where it's gonna I, I need to get that you know passion and um Excitement. you know whatever it is yeah and that's even if you do have that that's not sustainable you're dealing with another human who yeah you're trying to grow together yeah and it's actually unhealthy and i was listening to i can't remember who said it the other day but um it was a psychologist talking about that yeah. sort of thing and they were saying people want to have that you know hollywood sort of romance yeah. and have every day to be so passionate and so amazing and what they don't realize is no one actually wants that because how the hell would you get anything done in life yeah. if you were just all consumed by 
your relationship in that way you know yeah. then you can't even have your own time to do anything else so it's just it's so much conditioning as well and on on that level and yeah like uh, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. you know and how to uncondition ourselves that's a big challenge so like you look at the songs on the radio you know they're mm. like baby baby i'll die if you leave me my world's nothing without you babe you're like oxygen to me and you know all these things and i tell these young girls in schools and stuff i say now people write that because we have this hole in us because we've lost touch with their heart and they really get it when you really talk you know because mm. i i get a chance to talk to them and i say people write those songs because they know we'll get addicted to that mm. they make a lot of money and then they become our idols yeah and then you look up to them and, and i said there are beautiful songs like michael jackson the man in the mirror or christine aglieri's the voice within or the song unwritten we use some of those songs at a show we do called Kindness Rocks to, mm, mm. in the schools. But um, but most of the songs are very needy and codependent because they make a lot of money, you know, every second word's baby, 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 you know. Yeah. You know, and and so, we're, but, so we condition people to this. So if you ever watch, um, friends kid me because sometimes they watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Yeah. And I get a kick out of it and I say, um, you learn from everything, and if you really listen to those beautiful women, because right now it's the Bachelorette, yeah, and, or it's the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, all these women, right? But every one of them doesn't feel good enough. It all comes out like they'll mm. say, "Oh my God, he doesn't like me." This one guy, there's zillions of men in the world. This one guy they're chasing mm. after, and but every one of them, when they ask, get asked to go home or whatever, they're just in tears, like, "Oh, there's something wrong with me," or "Why don't guys ever like me?" or "Why can't I sustain a relationship?" or whatever. Mm. But I believe that you can if you find out this is your soulmate, and if you're in touch with yourself then you can have a long-lasting relationship um, that's really great, but you're not possessive of that person. You allow them to be who they are. If they want to go travel, you say, well, but I'll, you know, yeah. um, I love you and I want you to be happy. Oh, totally. And I mean, I've found that so difficult. And, you know, with my current relationship, it's the first time where I've truly felt that. And I've said to her so many times, I'm like, why this feels too easy yeah because i've been so used to you know i'm very um set you know i know what i want to do in my life and i know you know i need to travel and do different things and very clear on that and you know i'm not willing to really compromise that if you know and i've been in relationships in the past where people tried to change me and said you know you can't be this way and you've got to now you know be this person and if we end up having kids you got to do this and give up on your dreams and blah, blah blah i was like well why and you yeah. know in this relationship it's like no you know and same of how i am with her it's, so it's we beautiful. both go do your own thing if we don't see each other for three months okay that's not ideal but you know what we'll make it work because yeah. if it if it means that we're both doing what we need to do and it feels easy and people keep saying to us oh that must be so difficult and a mm. lot of it's long distance but it's actually the easiest relationship I've ever had because yeah. we're both supporting each other but it's and even for me within that because of my conditioning and because of like what you're talking about my parents you know political background they're from a very old school family um, so many of their you know what I've been taught growing up it's just so ingrained in your head that even when you know you're trying to listen to your heart and do things how you want it's just so 
freaking difficult because you just got it's just so bloody programmed in there so it's just so hard to get out of this even when you know it's so frustrating because even when you're Uh, aware of it you know i'm thinking about i'm like hey nick and you know there's a decision i made recently because it was it actually went against you it was more my parents and you know those people talking but it's so frustrating because i'm like i made all this progress but that it's still there you know it's so hard to undo these um this conditioning Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo- loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it. And we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. It is so hard. And that's the thing, again, about not beating yourself up. and everything. Yeah. But to think, you know, by allowing her, her to, to um, do whatever she wants to do, that makes her more excited to see you because you're allowing her to be who she is, which makes your relationship even more exciting. That's what's yeah. beautiful. By allowing somebody and saying, no, do whatever you want, if you know, then they want to come back because here's somebody that's on my team. Exactly. You know, they're supporting me. But a lot of relationships, kind of like what you said, that you get into a new relationship, you're excited, everything's new, and you have this picture of somebody. And then after a year or something, when the romance is gone and that excitement, all of a sudden you find out, wow, they've got a lot of things that they've got to deal with. And um, they see the same thing about you. And then we're angry because we're, we don't take responsibility too often in our world. Yeah. <laughs> we end up blaming the other person for not being this beautiful thing that we imagine. So then the relationship, by a year, we're, we're addicted to it. We both don't feel good, so we start abusing each other, and it just goes downhill, and it becomes really abusive until we end up leaving that person, and and then we get scared to go into another relationship, and we often attract what we think we deserve, so we'll get into the same kind of thing over and over and over again. And uh, and it's a really painful um, a painful way to end a relationship because we end up hating the other person instead of, you know, anybody I've gone out with, if I run into them on the street, we're excited to see each other. And I love that feeling. Oh, yeah. Because we ended it with a lot of love and caring, you know. You know, romantic relationships especially, but in relationships in general, it's so difficult to um, not fall into that codependency pattern because it's just how again the world's been conditioned how so many it's you know gets passed on and people condition you to to be like that so i think it really is it's why it's so important that we have these conversations that people get educated that we work on ourselves first because i don't think you can have a healthy relationship unless you know it's not saying that both people have to um you know be perfect or have all have no problems it's more about being at that level of awareness where you're working on yourselves and understanding like what we talked about that you, you're not 
with someone because you need something out of them because it's just not sustainable yeah and and that goes to everything in life really doesn't it it really does you know like it but it is it's hard to undo that one of my thoughts again in my book is i want you to be happy to see me but i don't want you to need to see me for your happiness you know like our dog it's sustainable if you have a dog 20 years when he passed on it's the saddest day of your life mm. and for me it was and um um they're excited every day to see you. They could run to the door because yeah. they live in the now, right? And they come to come to the door and they're excited to see you. Wouldn't that be neat if your relationships were like that? Yeah, exactly. It, you know, like where you're excited to see each other. And then that is a beautiful thing. And that's, to me, possible, but it's hard. But anything on on progressing towards that, that's what we want to do is just grow. Not to be, say, like, as you said, when you beat yourself up and I do the same thing, is to say... I'm growing though, and that's what's exciting. And I know that what's going to stop me from growing is beating myself up. And I need to just forgive myself and forgive others and move on and know that we all want to be happy. It's like in the world right now with all the countries, people from every country, like, I mean, you've met every country person from every country, and I have, and they're just beautiful people. And I say, mm. You know, it's not the country, it's the, it's the leadership. Mm. And often those are sick people that are very disconnected from their heart and they're very narcissistic and they want the power and that. And they're not doing, you know, it'd be beautiful if leaders said to other countries, well, how can we help you guys in your country? Or as Gandhi said, no, have no borders at all. That would be ideal. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but that's what's sad. But people in every country, like right now, there was a huge earthquake in Turkey and Syria. And people from 24 countries are there helping people. Which is so, beautiful. So yeah. there is no yeah. such thing as really a tragedy in some ways, except for the people that lost their lives or that were, were continuing, like being abusive or like what's happened with our indigenous people. That's just such a tragedy. But Horrible. when something happens, like an earthquake or something, it's a tragedy, but then we can pull together. It's an opportunity for us to see no color or style or age or country or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's such a good point, and and also it is um, quite shocking when you start to you know like the people, a lot of the people running the world, the leaders, they're not you know in touch with themselves, and they're sort of leading from that point of um, power or you know whatever they're wanting to get out of it. And it's when you start peeling back the layers from so many different yeah. areas of life, yeah. the people we've looking up to or that are you know sending these messages and having so much influence on people often aren't doing it from the right place and yeah. it's kind of shocking when you start to it's, realize that and think gee you know like it's how do we how do we change that because this is influencing so many people it's yeah coming from a place of fear you know yeah. and, and it's just like an individual relationship yeah i always yeah. thought when there's a war or something like say what's going what's going on like russia and ukraine and stuff that they should build hospitals right on the border so that you have doctors from both sides trying to save people and you're lying in a bed next to somebody from the other country and finding out, wow, these, I'm killing these people. They're just like me. They have mm. families and children and feelings and all the same thing, you know, God. Yeah. It just well, it brings tears to my eyes to think about how, you know, we don't see each other as people. Like, gosh. It's hard to believe. It's so hard to believe that we can, you know, because like you're saying, everyone, we're just all human, you know. Yeah. We're, it's hard to believe we can get to that point where we're having to kill each other. Yeah. Like, how? How does that happen when 
there's surely there's better ways to resolve things but it's yeah guys it's crazy. brutally i was on a show in years ago when i was young like you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe in age anyways but yeah <laughs> um but i was on this show talk show and thing and then there's a guy an older guy and he's he'd been in the the war years before the world war and, and stuff and he was a fighter pilot and he said and then one day I was a fighter pilot and I was in like Vietnam or wherever it was and he said I came down really low and there's this guy running for his life and he said I shot the guy you know because he was in one, what we thought was the enemy mm. and ever since that I've been like dealing with psych, psychiatric mm. kinds of stuff mm. because here was another human being when I was up above like that I just saw it as a, like an ant almost right Run, running but then when I came down and then to shoot this and then I realized after that was just a human being who probably has loved ones like we all do and and uh, got yeah. it. and he's had to live with that and that's with you for your whole life and I mean PTSD mm. and for people that have been, you know, in those situations is gigantic. It's for 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 veterans. It's you know one of the huge issues, isn't it? Suicide breaks my heart. I tell you, that breaks my heart. I see them all over the streets of like the United States and yeah, and uh, and we, they come back and nobody cares about them mm. and they've got all this PTSD and everything and stuff. And how are you meant to go on after that? It's yeah. just like oh, if they don't can... have the support, they don't know what's going on inside. They don't. They haven't got the tools to emotionally yeah. express what's going on so they yeah. model it all up what the hell are you meant to do yeah. it's just it's crazy yeah our priorities are uh, i was in the seattle <laughs> airport one time and there was all these guys going off young guys 18 going off to war and they're all in their army fatigues and nobody was saying hi to them or anything in the in the airport and i thought to myself but if somebody came in like a, a singer that was well known you know sing these songs that i don't really like so much yeah. But everybody would run up to them to get their autograph, and I thought, I, I don't like war. I'm like, you know, I, um, I don't like that it happens, and I wouldn't go to war, you know, to try to get something. And um, but I really admire these people that's going to war because they believe in in fighting for their country and everything. And I thought those are the people you should be going up and saying hi and wishing them well and getting their autograph or whatever, you know. Well, it, it it is. It's. I mean, the way the world is structured is kind of crazy. That we yeah. idolize uh, entertainers and you know people that. Not to say there's not value in these yeah. other areas, but the people that are really you know like on the front line making change in the world. It's not often the ones that we really naturally look up to. We're yeah. looking up to the more va you know vanity. I guess is yeah, where is. a lot of it's coming from. What we've kind of promoted, eh? Like I'm, I've always been an athlete, and you do acting and stuff and everything yeah, else. Yeah. And I always think, and I love every profession, but I think how we glorify certain ones. And I thought one day, wow, here we glorify actors; they get paid more than most people, and yet they're pretending to be somebody they're not. Exactly. What in that weird when you're we're trying Escapism. to be who we are, and you're pretending to be somebody you're not, but you're really good at it, so you, you get lots of money. It's, it's kind of so ironic. crazy and. I mean, I yeah, I've been sort of in that world a little bit, and it's just there's so many layers to it because you, there's that layer, and then there's a layer that these people just are not happy. You know, I'd say ninety nine percent of the actors I met have huge issues with anxiety. Yeah, they're unhappy, they're stressed, they're trying to prove a point. You know, you get a role, then it's like, what's next? And there's uncertainty and the anxiety and just this there's so many mental health issues in in these it's, industries you know it's there. Unreal, isn't and, it? and there's never enough you know even if you have success it's like okay well then they want the next thing now how do i yeah. become the biggest actor in the world okay how do i yeah. ne then it's like an, it's a never-ending well of 
you know, needing to just get more fame and more attention and more whatever, and yeah. you get addicted to it, and then you need more and more and more, and it doesn't end, and it's just it's like weird, isn't it? Crazy, and it it comes back to what I was saying about not feeling good enough. They always, it's like if you ran for Miss Universe and you won, then you'd feel bad because then you're losing that beauty right yeah. every day, right? So exactly. you're never you're never ever going to be happy and stuff. So I always, I one of my little books that I wrote, it's all the silly things that we do as people, but. A lot of people want this fame and everything, and then they end up, once they're famous, they live in this big house <clears throat> with a big wall and a guard dog, and, <laughs> auto, and they wear their sunglasses and they're in the limousine that's with darkened windows, and here they want to get known, and yet they're, they're so lonely, they're sitting in this big house. Exactly. And, and, and then they go out once in a while, and everybody cheers them on, but it was like when I was in university. The first thought I ever wrote, Nick, was, um, I'd rather be seen for who I am and be alone than be accepted for someone I'm, I'm not and be lonely. That's so good. And I used to have a lot of people around me, but I was very lonely. Mm. Now I have real people around me and I feel much more alone, but closer to people. Yeah. So it's interesting how it works. I love, I love that. And, and you can, you, you can, you'll feel more alone being around people yeah. you're disconnected with than literally yeah. sitting in a room actually alone. Like, and I've had that happen so many times where now I, you know, Still working on it, but most of the people in my life now are, you know, really, I have a smaller circle and they're all people that I'm really connected to. And when I am in situations where you're around people you can't connect with and um, it's more based on vanity or it's, you yeah. know, whatever, um, you just, you feel more alone than, yeah. than ever. You'd, you'd rather just be by yourself sitting and, you know, looking at a mountain or something and yeah. thinking about stuff than, you yeah. know, being in that situation. Yeah, no, it's yeah. that's a, the worst kind of loneliness to be around a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and going back to what you were saying about sort of, you know, fame and all that, that sort of stuff and chasing that, um, that attention to feel valid. I, I, Jim Carrey said a, a quote on that where, um, he wishes everyone could become as rich and famous as he became so that they could learn that it's not the answer. Yeah. Because, you know, you want to, it's almost like people need to experience these things to realize that it's not the answer because we're all looking for that magical solution that, oh, yeah. no, if I... Surely these people, we put them on a pedestal and we look, try and look at them as gods or whatever. They yeah. must. They must have the answers. They must be happy. Yeah. If only I can get to that. It's like no, they're a person that has the same issues that we all have, and yeah. they're just using that as a vice to cope. And they're not. That doesn't mean they're happy. See, that is so fantastic. You know that you say that and everything because I believe again, not with everybody, but whatever. It's just what I feel is that um, our purpose is to give back where we've been hurt the most. Mm. So it's neat that Jim Carrey did that. Mm. And I wish more people that are rich like that would come forward and say, look, I am very lonely. Like I've got this big house, you know, I, I you know, I need to get back to my heart, live back, to, you know, simply. And this is just a house. Nobody's going to say I've got a great house when I pass on at my funeral yeah. and get for them to say that. So like, so I tell the people again in the downtown East side that have been abused or raped or whatever. I say, you know, I can come down and be compassionate, but I'm not going to really give you hope in the sense because I've never experienced that. Mm. So if you give back, say, to the young indigenous um, women, say, that have been raped or men that have been raped and, and help or support young girls that are 13 or 14 that have been raped and, and 
then they'll listen because you've experienced that. So I really believe we can give back where we've been hurt most, you know, in life. And so to work with mm. people that are going through where your challenges. So um, he, Jim yeah. Carrey kind of is doing that. Yeah. You, by saying that, look how it touched you and obviously a lot of other people. But most people, because they're disconnected from their heart, they want to act like they've got it all together as mm. actors, right? I'm really famous, da, 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 da. And they don't want to admit that they're really hurting yeah but but I've seen those people and you've seen those people and I've got to know them and I know that they're probably even lonelier than somebody um, like people say mm. you know I want to help other countries but who's to say um, like in these where they're living just in little shacks and stuff but you see the kids playing and they're so excited who's to saying we're any happier than them but we always think we've got more than them yeah. A friend of mine, he, yeah. he wanted to get jackets for people in, in Africa in a certain little town, which was really nice. He's beautiful jacket, so he's doing fundraising. I said, you know, because he was really a great person to do this. And I said, but we don't know you're doing this for these people there. You're taking these jackets there. But what about the people that don't get jackets there? You may be end up causing more harm than good. You don't know. And, and I think the intent is good. And intention is always the most important thing, right? Yeah. But you don't know. And I said, we need to, for me, I need to be doing it locally because I, I think people here are lonelier than those people in those places, even though they're going through uh, really tough conditions and everything else. I think you're probably right. And I mean, I, I found it fascinating. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Getting I traveled quite extensively through India a couple of times, been through Africa and spent time in, you know, local villages just <clears throat> connecting with people there. And they these people had nothing, you know, they for yeah. them it's like if they don't go and get fresh water, find enough food, you know, look after their yeah. community and their family, they're not gonna survive. That's all they have time to think about. Yeah. Yet they're so present, so happy. And I think what it is is it's like what you're saying. If you have all of these different things, you're, you know, you got the mansion, you're sitting alone in it. How's it going to make you more happy? Because as a human, there's only so many things we actually need every yeah. day. And yeah. we can have a thousand different, you know, cars or houses or whatever, but we can actually only sit, you know, lie in one bed, sit in, yeah. we can only be in one place at one time. Mm. So in those situations, they don't have the choice of, well, they don't have the um, luxury of choice like we have. Yeah. We, we can sit here and think, you know, if you're if you're from Canada, Australia, US, you know, most of us have a lot of opportunity. We're pretty lucky, so we can think of, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I want to do this instead. What about this? Actually, no, I want this. That person has that. I want that as well. Yeah, yeah. Where does it end? And that's a horrible feeling. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Whereas if you strip all of that away and don't have a choice, and you're like, no, this is what I'm doing, and I'm just yeah. going to embrace it, then it's simple. Yeah. It's that myth of more that yeah. we don't have enough and stuff. Like yeah. most people live their kitchen, their bedroom, and their bathroom. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all they use. But I, I, I go buy a big, huge mansion or house, and all of a sudden I get the willies because I think, I'd be so lonely in there, you know? And yeah. like, uh, oh, that's... You wouldn't want to use if it. If somebody yeah. gave me that house, 
I would take it because I'd sell it and then I'd put the money to good things to do the things in the world that I think are important right but but uh yeah I people are just very lonely you know and it makes me sad because we need to change education you know I'm a teacher by profession and and um we need to bring kids more into their feelings more into their heart so um one of my thoughts is in my book is i do enjoy things but joy comes from loving the things i do yeah so we can yeah. love the journey towards the mark the mark's nice i'm not against marks or trophies or anything like that mm. they're fun but that's not my the goal the goal is to enjoy the journey enjoy the sports enjoy when you're doing the acting the people the camaraderie and the fun of it all whatever it is because what i found around north america on my bicycle trips was what was really hurting was the lack of community mm we're really hurting for community where people do and even more so now with the COVID and then internet people are at home they're connecting with maybe more people on their internet but they're not having that human contact that's the like problem face to face i mean that's the issue because we feel falsely feel like we're more connected because yeah. i could you know not talk not physically interact with anyone for three months and feel like i'm so connected because every day i'm talking to a hundred different people yeah. through the internet but you're not actually connecting. It's yeah. very, very different. Even even mm -hmm. me doing this podcast with you today, sitting in person, I do most of them I need to do remote because the people are in different places and timing and everything, but it's a vastly different experience. We're actually physically here. It feels different. You know, we need, we, we need to, we're meant to be in, you know, in communities. We're meant yeah. to physically be, we're not meant to li be living through screens. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's why when you asked to do a podcast on me, um, because you, you were in New York, and I said, no, I'll wait till you come to Vancouver, right? <laughs> and, and we got there. Yeah, yeah so you yeah, made it to, yeah. 20 years later. No, no not, not to. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it but might have become aged, like that. But I haven't aged, so it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. You, still, you still look great. I'm still, yeah. Yeah, still young at heart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it, it's true that we, we really need that kind of community. And, and young people in schools now, like, they're staying up till 3, 4 in the morning, apparently, trying to get more and more followers, so they think they're popular. It's sad. It's yeah. sad. And I think that's going to surely at some point die off. I don't see how it's going to sustain well, this whole model of social media, people needing more followers, basing yeah. their whole self-worth on well, something that's just not real. It's like yeah. numbers on a screen. It's just it, yeah. it's madness. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, please yeah. watch Nick's podcast, but other things, not not so much, just so you're not on the computer <laughs> yeah. too often. But you, this is really a good one because it's educating the people about being connected with each other. So Exactly. Trying to use it, you know, I think you can use technology to get some positive stuff out there, but it's how do you navigate the, you yeah. know, all the other stuff. So it's just, it's a, yeah, it's a difficult thing. Because we, we need that, like that technology, you know, I always think we can build war missiles to separate us or we can build airplanes to bring us together so um that totally. young that young girl greta like thunberg uh, yeah, yeah, yeah like amazing and then some people will be critical because if she took a plane one time but she took that boat across which is pretty amazing mm. but if she took a plane but sometimes we need to, to, to take those things to get to places to educate people about things so we're often hard and people that are really trying to make a difference we people that we, we put them up on a pedestal and then we want to catch them doing something wrong but i'm telling people right now that i do lots that i don't feel good about so yeah. you can catch me if you want um i'm not a guru i don't want followers i just i write books to get people thinking for themselves and to follow their own heart and 
I love that about the an- anonymity of my bicycle trips because mm. I'd come into town, I'd do like an interview or whatever, and they maybe do a story in the paper, but then I was gone and um, I'd be happy just having a paper bag over my head. It was the message <laughs> that's important. Yeah. And that's the same about the film that they're doing right now in my life, which I'm really excited about. It was such an honor. Some filmmakers from Mexico were doing this and they came and they loved what I was doing. And I said, that's great. And they wanted to do it on my life. And I said, if you do it on my life, it's most important about my message. You mm-hmm. know, you can do it on my life and things I've done, but I really want the message about that we don't feel good enough. And because if we don't understand that, if we just think that we're, we're um, um, you know, be, we have the message of saying, just be kind or no bullying, that doesn't do any good unless we understand where it comes from. It's the same thing with dieting. If we diet to look good, then we'll get bored with it. Mm-hmm. I, I stay in really good shape and eat because I eat well all the time because I'm excited and I'm outdoors all the time doing stuff. Yeah, You know, I'm not trying to build big muscles, but I've got big muscles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I love yeah. what I do. So, uh, you know, I eat well because I, I'm excited. So it's not like a diet where I'm, I hate what I'm eating, but I have to do it. Yes. Same with getting in shape. If you're going there to try to get in shape, nothing against earphones, but I'm trying to get people away from technology more is to listen to the music of the nature, like the the um, ocean lapping on the shore, the birds chirping. People are, they'll go in a big run here in Vancouver with 50,000 people to be around people, and then half of them have got headphones on. Mm. I'm going like, why aren't you connecting with these people? They've done studies on people that with sports teams that 70% of wins, amateur and pro, is that when, when they play at home, and it's because of the energy of people. Mm that they give to you. So when you take off your headphones when you're running and a thing like that and wave or, you know, I've always been competitive and I've been in a lot of long distance stuff and and I love the energy of the crowd. They're cheering you on. They're giving us that shared energy, community. Yeah, yeah. It's so important and... It's it is. It's something that we just we we disconnect from, and it's it's crazy. It's you know like what you're saying. So it's yeah. We we need to find a way to become more connected back to that. We've got to do that. You're you're doing that. You know that's what's so beautiful. I mean, we'll go to a sporting event with, and we'll be taking pictures at a golf tournament. And I'm going like, why don't you just watch it? Yeah. You know, it's on TV. You could record it if you want, but you're doing this. You're going to the fireworks <laughs> with half a million people, and you're taking pictures of fireworks. And look at look at this. Yeah, it's it's yeah. madness. It's it's so crazy. Yeah. And and like you're saying, I mean, for exercise, for whatever whatever you're trying to achieve, if you're attaching it to these sort of goals that are not deep seated enough, if it's yeah. like I want to exercise just so I can look good, um, and I've met so many people that, and I've just I've trained all my life, used to compete in competitive sport, yeah. and um, I I train every day just because it makes me feel good. Yeah, I, I don't see, do that's it, good. I'm not trying to get a result. I do it every morning. I'm you know some sort of cardio. I'm out you know either in nature or in the gym or doing something because it mentally makes me feel amazing. So you I need do it for exercise. that reason. Yeah, it makes you feel good. But if I was doing it because I thought, oh no, I've got to do it to reach this goal. Yeah, and I think that's anything in life, isn't it? Yeah, you're not, how, how, you're not going to stick to it. No. It's like like with acting. If you're like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna do acting because I need to become this successful actor, I need to get this thing, you know, yeah. very quickly start hating the process and yeah. throw in the towel because the joy's been taken out of it. It's not yeah. being done for the right reason anymore. Yeah, and you're you're actually getting more separate from people like there's people in Hollywood, they're really respected because of their attitude and they're just so great. I mean mm. 
I was so sad when Robin Williams took his life because mm. I just thought he was so great. And when he'd come to Vancouver, he'd be wearing his khaki pants and talking to people and just he'd be himself, you know. That's so sad. Yeah, he didn't have to hide. He just enjoyed stuff. And that was such a tragedy. Like when we lose people, they're just mm. real. And, you know, he cared about people in the army and doing stuff. And he was very caring, you know. Oh, it's incredibly sad. It's so sad, yeah. Like uh, the Twitch, you know, Twitch who took his life. Remember, he, uh, he was on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Oh, yes, with yes, yes. Dancing with Last, the Earth. Yeah, that was yeah. recently, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you think in dance, you know, a family, two, beautiful wife and two kids. And so to see someone like that, we didn't know he was hurting. And he was hurting, you know, and we don't know that. And so something was going on. I don't, I don't know what it was, but... It's quite shocking. Isn't it's it? just shocking when you see that. Wow, how could we not know? And eh? how could mm, he not mm. feel comfortable to share with us what he's going through? And but we don't. I held that inside. That's why I was suicidal. You know, because I felt shame around not feeling good enough, or or uh, just that I wasn't happy here. You know, like because I was just following the crowd. And you had something else inside you that you didn't know how to how to harness or what yeah. where to put it and i guess that's is that where the the drugs were then to to numb yeah i didn't want to feel were. that feeling because something inside and i believe this is in all of us uh, you know when i was on the bike trip the first one this becomes so loud because you're out there and these start getting quieter and quieter yeah but we need that time alone with ourselves and that's why we have nature <laughs> yeah yeah people are not out in nature and that's when you can listen here easier yeah, because there's you know, no noise around no you, and noise. not, and you're getting away from other people's opinions or views yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Because how on earth are you meant to make your own decision or be in tune with yourself if you've got not even just from people in direct contact? You know, you yeah. wake up in the morning, you're looking at your phone, you're being influenced by all these different messages and propaganda and media and whatever. And you, how can you form your own? You know, be sort of true to your yeah. to your heart when you're filling your brain with so many conflicting Different bits of information. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I know. It's unreal like how we're... I really have seen how cults have formed. I think everything's yeah. almost a cult because yeah. anytime we follow something that doesn't resonate with our heart, but we end up following because we need to belong, and that's where instead of with community, and that's why like with gangs or whatever a lot of them join because they didn't maybe no judgments again they had maybe a tough family life and um or didn't feel at home at home and they needed that kind of acceptance right mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. now young people are 18 or just a young guy killed in a school 17 um it, it might have been like uh i don't know if it was gang or not they but they said it was targeted so it's probably something you know mm -hmm. and um it's just tragedy That's at that horrible. young age it's madness yeah uh -huh. it's just life's so precious and you know we're not it's it is it's just crazy where the world's gone and i think we just can't accept that life is actually like what we talked about before it can be a lot more simple and there's not this magic answer out there we don't need more it's just yeah. about being more present but that's too simple of an answer yeah to most people you know we the ego wants to try and keep you know searching for more power more you know acquisition to then prove that we're something that we're not yeah it doesn't change anything it's really tough you know it's really tough to change things another thought that i wrote is i yeah. may not be able to change the world i see around me but i can change the way i see the world within me 
So it's yep. our attitude. Yep. Another one I dedicated to Christopher Reeves, who was a Superman, fell off his horse, and it was quadriplegic, remember? Him and his wife had such good attitudes, so I wrote, our happiness doesn't depend on the number of challenges we're handed, but on how they're handled. Mm. So again, mm. it's our attitude, and we have a choice to be negative or positive. And I'm not always positive. Yeah. But even when I'm negative, I'm positive that I'm negative. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> on that note, how with so with everything, I mean, how many books have you written? You, or how, well, yeah, it's how, a funny thing because got, they're little books of thoughts. Yeah. You know, I have um, a little book. I'm just going to show this. Yeah. yeah I'll, gotta, I'll show you something. I, I, gotta, but yeah, thank you for doing that. That's and I also want to promote your, we're going to talk about your documentary. And I have more. three, I have four little books called Reflections, these little ones. And why I'm promoting them, it's just I these want people great. to have good thoughts. I want my little books here after I'm gone. So it's not about me. I, I, I just, so many people have helped me in my life and supported me in my journey. And um, I think books, films, and music are three ways we can reach people, you know. And I agree. And uh, so to read positive things is really important. And there's some great books out there for people. When when you say how many books have you written, I, I feel like... Um, more channeled they, these thoughts came through me mm. I'm, I've never been a writer to sit down and write and I'm not that kind of writer yeah, you know, that, yeah. Um, but these little thoughts have come through me and um, so they're all like little thoughts like the present moment is a gift to me my gift is to be present every moment yeah these are being, another one is I always love to see you but I don't have to see you to always love you so when we're talking about relationships you know like um, it's so important um this, this one I dedicated to Terry Fox that ran across Canada on one leg and was really famous up here. And, it's crazy. Um, I'll never find out what I can do unless I do all I can to find out. So living our that life is, to the fullest. It's a 10-year anniversary of Underbrakes. We've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbrax.com. Yeah. See, these are the. I think what you're doing with this is more important now than ever because oh. people's people's attention spans as well as so. You know, a lot of people aren't going to sit there and be able to read a full book, but being able to, you know, pick one of these up and just find, you know, these different messages, oh. that's powerful. Yeah, and that's something that you know people, even if they don't read through the whole thing, you pick it up. You might find one a day that helps you and. I think that's that's fantastic. That, that one you just saw, I saw real quickly. Oh, I, yeah, I, I know every thought. It's, um, <laughs> you saw so, which one? So, yeah. Some bodies, um, some bodies have left this life. I want my life to embody the beauty they've left behind. Ah, that's so, so nice. So yeah, yeah. Another is if you have something nice to say about me, please say it to me now while I'm alive and need it, not when it's too late and I'm gone. Because mm, people come from is... all over the world to somebody's service. And I just think, wow, I wish they could sit up at their grave and hear, are you sure you're talking about me? Exactly. I don't need to feel not good enough because I'm actually loved and you think I was good enough. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I, I, tell me when I needed to hear it, yeah. when, when it was going to help yeah. me. It's so crazy, isn't it? We it hold, is. in, hold these things in. Um, and it's like, you know, it's often with parents as well. Like they care so much about us, but they're too, I don't know what it is, but they're conditioned to not really you know actually say that to their kids yeah we can have a hard, we have a hard time and you have a hard there yeah, and you sort of just that's all you're wanting as a kid to just hear from your parents you know these messages of support or yeah whatever it is uh and it's it often gets said you know sort of like you're saying too late or when you 
don't need it, but you just want to hear these things. Yeah. yeah. Our, our family, my family, we didn't talk about feelings. We never hugged and we never said, I love you, but they were really great. They would give their life for me, but everything was in terms of money, right? And, mm. and, uh, so that was really tough on me as a young guy, and I think that's why I ended up addicted, not to blame them. They were taught what they were taught, but that, what I've learned from it, mm. just like Jim Carrey learned what he learned from having all this money and everything, is that um, I need to get people to see that it's feelings. We need to talk about feelings, not to hold inside, you know, like, um, and there's schools have got to change that way yeah where they put a little thought on the board at the start of class and yeah just it takes a minute and just say what does this thought mean to you you know yeah and then they think about it or go around the room and say just share one feeling like are you um, happy sad excited whatever and then you the teacher can go around after and say to little johnny wow you said you're sad are you okay and Little Johnny might say, well, I lost my dog the night before and I'm mm. really sad. Mm. So then the teacher will understand why they're not really present, right? Exactly. Instead yeah. of yelling at them and say, sit up or yeah, pay attention. It's not, how's that going to help? Yeah. 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 You know, it's just, it's got to change, but it's overwhelming for teachers. I understand that too, because parents, a lot of people are having kids that maybe shouldn't be having kids you know yeah because 100 i think if you're not ready to do it or you're not going to be able to take responsibility and give the kids you know what they need uh, emotionally yeah then you know that should be and you maybe aren't ready to do it because I it's know. sort of that, that really impacts the kids and then it's a it's sort of a, a vicious cycle because then the kids will pass that on to their kids and exactly. unless you break the cycle like what you have to break that cycle. you're talking about like what i've you know tr- have done and trying to keep doing with my own life and parents you know being probably similar to yours where yeah, amazing parents similar. amazing people but very shut off emotionally yeah it's yeah so i think hard, we have the same you know? it's, like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, really yeah, hard. It's so hard and i think a lot of people have kids because they think they're going to get the love because little babies are so cute and they're going to yeah. get this love and then the kids start growing up and just like a relationship after the year right yeah. of a romance they're not what you ex- thought they're yeah. different and same with the kids they have their own life and they don't want to be told or, or or programmed or made into little robots, right? Exactly. And then they have big battles with their families and oh my God, it's just it's that cycle. It's a cycle, a never-ending cycle. Yeah. And so you were saying you, you in amongst all of this, you've worked in education, in teaching. Yeah. That's yeah. been, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah I, I taught a little bit just for a short time. Yeah. But I, you know, I've been in schools speaking like as a, a keynote speaker Amazing, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I really get to see kids a lot and... I just really think, um, yeah, there's really changes that need to happen. And same well, with the, the addiction and like, that's a real huge challenge now, like more and more. And, and it's mm. getting, it's becoming overwhelming, you know, like uh, on the streets and... Um, getting worse, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we got to get people in touch to see that it's okay. You know, if you've been abused or raped or whatever, that it wasn't about you, you know, that you can forgive yourself you can go, instead of going to the drugs or alcohol. But unless we talk to kids young enough, they're going to go to those drugs and stuff early. Um, and then and then once they're so addictive now, and then it's really challenging. Oh, God, so we've yeah. got to start when they're young. No, it, it really is, yeah. It's, it, it's um, once you're on that path and on the, in that cycle, it's so hard to get out of. It's yeah. just, it's it's scary. It's a big issue. Well, when you're like that, and then you've got no teeth, and you're yeah. down there, and how do where's the hope, you know? And you're living in cement, you know. It's all cement and around. You're not in nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and 
and people feel for them when they don't know what to do. Mm. And the, there was people down there who are beautiful stories, but they need money, so they'll rip somebody off or home yeah. invade or do whatever. And you know, it's just it's overwhelming a challenge. The police don't know really what to do. Police people don't know what to do. And yeah. Um, it's a vicious yeah. cycle as it, well, I guess. To even the amount of money it costs to just service the whole thing, yeah. to put a band-aid over it is, yeah. is difficult. And then how do you actually, on the next level, get to the bottom of how do we, in a sustainable way, try to improve this? It's, yeah. it's really tough. And then, you know, people, people you know, because they feel for these people, they say, why do we have things like the Olympics and different things? Why don't we put it towards the homeless? I kind of see both sides of things mm. now. It's a funny thing how most most issues I see both sides. But then I think um, I went to the Olympics to watch, just wandered around Vancouver when they were here. Oh, yeah. And I thought, this is fantastic. People are here from all different yeah. countries. Yeah. People are working hard to be Olympic athletes. We can't just do one thing and feed the homeless. We've got to show them hope that by yes. improving yourself and bringing them together and doing your best and that's exciting right yeah so we can't be one or the other and same with marijuana everybody people would be saying oh it should be legalized and and i, I said you know for me it was my worst drug and uh, made me really paranoid and i've seen it set off schizophrenia in people and i said great if you want to you know, legalize it but it's got to be done with education just because yeah. you're happy doing it doesn't mean you could, should walk down the street and blow it in my face or yeah. other people's face, right? So it's yeah. about being thoughtful, you know, like with different things. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And so so that's why I think just healthy discussion. Well, I think like you're saying, education yeah. is the biggest education. thing. We need education, you know. Another one of my thoughts. Yeah. It, it's all right for me to have opinions, but not to be so opinionated. I always have to be right. Yes. That, right? See, these, these are great. I, I so, love that. So I, I love it's that. good to have strong opinions, so but good. to respect other people's opinion. One I dedicate to my parents, it was a turning point for me, was when I argue, I need to be right. When I discuss, I want to share. I hope my desire to love is stronger than my need to be right. Mm, so that really thought, powerful. when it came through me, changed my life because now I don't argue with anybody anymore. Yeah. I just, you know, I just, that, that's how they feel. And they're not going to change if I argue with them. Yeah, because, and that's, I think, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you go, when you're in a position of, I need to change this person and I need them to see things the way I see it or make this change that they're not currently willing to make, they may never be willing, it's not healthy for anyone. So it's almost, it's just thinking, okay, you know what, I'm going to conduct myself in the best way that I can and I'm going to accept them for how they are and if I can encourage some change through them, great. If not, you know, that's not my not, not my problem. Yeah. It's not up to me to do that. It's kind of an unconscious way of, of saying I'm not good enough, but if you join me or agree with me, then I'll feel good enough, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it all comes back exactly. I'm not good enough. I think I, I sort of thought about that a while ago. Yeah, and it just makes you realize that it's almost you needing that validation that yeah. your path is the best path yeah. by getting them to agree to it or make that change. Whereas none of that matters. If you're happy within yourself, you shouldn't need, it shouldn't matter what other people think or say exactly. or feel. It's, yeah. a, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. It is to follow your own heart. But when you do, people, I think, end up listening. They want to hear. And, the, you know, like if I had children, we, we don't, um, I'd take them to every different religion. Yeah. I'm not religious, but I respect people that are religious. Or, but I would so that they were free thinkers, so they'd think for themselves yeah, and see yeah. that well, all these religions kind of say the same thing. Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah, they might differ on one little thing, but that's what we end up fighting over. That's the thing. All all of the core things. It's yeah, it's very yeah. similar. But yeah. Um. And another thing I was going to ask you about your so your work. It seems so authentic. Everything you've done, the way you've gone about it, like for you, has that been natural? Has that been a battle of you know just staying pure to your message, not trying to turn it into something you know so big that it becomes you know the message gets diluted it sounds like you've been very true over all these years to you know why you're doing it and how you're going to do it yeah and the message you're going to leave behind yeah rather than getting caught you know because especially again in this world we live in now where everyone's trying to get the biggest platform to get a and you know you've got these motivational speakers and some of them i've followed that have millions of followers they're making millions of dollars and what they're saying is just absolute (laughs) crap it's a cult. Yeah. It literally is a cult. So well, I guess that's you, my question. No, you know, well, you've really hit yeah. a, a place in me that, 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 that about promoting something or promoting ourselves. Like, mm. um, oh, my God, you can, <laughs> you're going to make me really negative towards because <laughs> my least fa- favorite people are probably other speakers, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm... Which I share, I, 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 I'm in the similar yeah. area to you, I guess. So I understand, you know, I've so, seen a lot of it. Yeah. So my books aren't out there all over the place. Now I was with the distributor of the, of the States, but then they sold and, and then to a big company, Simon and Schuster, which was huge. And my books would have got lost. And luckily I was self-published. Now I don't have my books in stores around anywhere. And um, except when I, if I speak at things, but I'm not really speaking at things, but if I really promoted myself, um, you know, I could do it, but a lot of these people are... I was asked to speak at a TED Talks kind of thing. Mm. So I went in to, to do it like to, ahead of time. They knew who I was, and there was some people there, and there were some young guys who were coaches and stuff, and I came in, they they wanted to know what I was going to talk about for the 20 minutes or whatever it was, and I said, and I, start, I, I said, this is basically what I'm talking about, and they said... Well, you got to do it with more passion. Well, when I speak at things, I do speak with passion. Yeah. I said, I thought you just wanted to see what I'm going to be talking about. And I said, you know, this isn't for me. You know, I'm not a TED Talk person. You well. do, you want me to be a robot. You want me to exact, you, you know when to laugh or what, whatever. I'm not a speaker like that. I'm very organized. I come in with um, my things and, and I, I know where I'm going to go with it or whatever. With us, we were just kind of going wherever. But yeah. I have it and I stick to time. I'm very respectful of time. I don't go over my time because it hurts the, the mm-hmm. whole program of what they're doing. Um, and um, so I said, but I, I come from my heart and I no, never know certain things. I might go off or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not a robot. And I know a lot of speakers and I've met them. And a lot of them, again, are my least favorite people because I know behind the scenes I'll tell you one person, but I won't tell you who it is. But this person came to town and um, I was asked to kind of be there and introduce them and everything. And and, um, I couldn't believe it. Like they were the most insecure person ever. They're very, very famous. Their book's done a lot for people, which is good because it's probably come from that place. But once they're on the stage or got to that point, they, they lost touch with that again. Mm. And the, the, I ended up after the thing, after this, she'd signed all her books, I came up and I, I, I had to call her on some stuff. And I should have been the one that was angry, but she was spitting mad My because God. she knew that I was, what I, I had told her was the truth. Mm. And she was just spitting mad. And then she had a guy there that was playing the music and stuff. And he came over to me after 
and he said to me, you sure don't know how to do business, do you? And I said, yeah, no, I don't know how to screw people like that. That's not what I'm about. And, uh, and, but they know, they come into town, mm. they know how to promote themselves, but they're just people. And they're mostly, a lot of them are very sick people. I hate to judge, I, and yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think we're all sick, but um, people idolize these people and they just go like, yeah. you know, yeah. don't it's ever so idolize me. That's my biggest fear. I don't want to be a guru. I don't want, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. But I'd love you to have my books. And if you buy them, I'll put the money into good stuff, like the concerts that I do or things to, to um, um, bring awareness to people. Yeah, I but don't, I don't get the I don't get the publicity because I don't go out you seeking don't, it. Well, it's not. I mean, and that's what I, you know, I'm very ambitious, but it's what I get a lot of anxiety and just feel disconnected when I try and, you know, even when I was promoting my book um, a year and a, a bit over a year ago when it came out, I need it was meant to you know do all these different publicity things and um, try and promote it on social media and 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 in business and you know everything. It just yeah. it gives me a huge amount of anxiety because i'm just yeah. like i don't i don't care i just want to like i wish someone could just look after that side for yeah. me because i just want to actually do the stuff that i care about and then it becomes so difficult when you get swept up in that side to yeah. really even have the joy of you know why you first did it yeah get it in the first place and you you lose the core message in the process because yeah. then it becomes just like everything else now yeah. it's all business it's about how can we you know capitalize on a trend how can we make more money if we do this instead of that it's like well hang on this isn't even what it was in the first place now yeah. you know what the hell has this become yeah you know it's really hard and i think because you're more, way more technical than i am that's where i get ptsd so a lot of mine i would promote more what i'm doing not me so much but with what i'm doing but i'm just not good at that but i've had a lot of volunteers over the years with events i've done i've been yeah. really really fortunate but you've got that you know, but I think a lot of times, like, how did Gandhi ever organize what he did without social media? Look how yeah. many millions of people followed, yeah. you know, or Martin Luther King. They didn't have that, you know. And um, so it's really tough. Look at Eckhart Tolle, like, his yeah, book. I wanted to ask you about that as well. So you 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 know Eckhart. About well, well yeah. if anybody knows him, I don't know who, you know, I was right. like of 20 people that were there kind of with him at the start. Wow. And he came to me because of my little reflection books. So, um, and now my reflection books haven't done like what his does, but he, he's got people behind him. He's got, his took off without any publicity or anything. It just... You know, and I think that's beautiful. Like so that's more just that's more Gandhiism. He he mm. came from a good place. Now, like now, he's got other books. He said to me, "I'm only going to do this one book, The Power of Now." <laughs> that's it. But now, and and he, <laughs> yeah. this is something he said to me. By the way, he yeah. said, and I'll always remember. He said, "This is the start, right before he's known." And he said, "Brock, if you ever de detect," he uses funny words. He said, very formal. Yeah. If you ever detect that I lose touch, um, please kick me in the butt. <laughs> yeah and uh and then i saw him a while later you know we don't stay in touch or anything i but i ran into him and i said and he said to me do you detect anything this was only a year or two later and, and yeah. i said no i think you're doing pretty good but now he's got so much stuff i might give him a kick in the yeah. butt now i gotta admit <laughs> it's become huge he, now. it's become yeah he's i mean he's known globally and he's become yeah. you know fills out bloody stadiums to yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> it's I say, crazy why don't you come and support me yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like and a lot of people you know nothing against Eckerd or anything but a lot of people he's a different kind of guy than I am he's a very much a 
um, into him, not into himself in a bad way, but he's a loner as far as a, more of an introvert, would you say? Whereas I'm much more community, I think that's what's missing. So I'm out there more mm. in community. But I wish someone like that would support what I'm doing and say, this, I want to give you the money because you've never s sought money. And, and if it happened just kind of um, organically like that, I would take the money and, and I would put it into good stuff that I'm doing. But that's uh, yeah. always been my hardest thing is funding, you know, yeah. like all my events. They yeah. ended because I didn't have the funding. Well, that's the, the thing, isn't it? It's, it's money, it's yeah. time, you need a team of people to do it. And it can't just be, you know, you need to be able to focus on what you're good at doing and not yeah. worry about that side and have people to, to do it, which it's all, you know, yeah. the tricky part. But I think, um, you know, and hopefully this do your documentary, which um, I will, all, and all of this stuff for everyone listening, by the way, will, I'm going to have all of the oh, links yeah. in the in the in the um, notes of so anyone listening will be able to click on all the direct links find With information the documentary and everything. for your book for the documentary which is here it is it's um february 26th gonna hold this up which is well. actually my birthday on your birthday which is amazing and show the yeah. other side too because how they can get There's tickets that on that thing but code. you know it's it's interesting because um yeah, they can come from Australia and everything. Yeah, yeah. We only yeah, have yeah. a few seats left, so do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in Vancouver here or the area, I'd love you to get tickets because it is going to be, honestly, it's about my message, but it's also people can ask questions. There's a QA and a after. It's a 35-minute documentary that's very moving, and I think people will really be touched, you know, and... Absolutely. Yeah. No. And it's only $10. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's $10. It's nothing. Even with yeah. my concerts, people said, these are fantastic. All these top performers, why don't you charge like $100 or more? And I only charge $20. I said, I want everybody to be able to afford to come in. Like, That's amazing. All the events I do. Um, and if they don't have money, I say, I'll get you in, you know. Well, that's actually that's what I was going to say before. I, I mean, what you're doing, I think this, it sh this all of this should be you know, as big as Eckhart told what you're offering. Yeah. Come um, on, Eckhart. Yeah, you're Eckhart. Out there. <laughs> you're Eckhart. Yeah. But I, don't know, I know you don't have time to listen to this, but <laughs> actually, it's a, it's a but, funny thing. People do have time. They think well-known people don't have a lot of time, but they they've do. got a lot of people working got teams. for them. Exactly. They have nothing. They're, they've actually got more time. They've because got more time. They're out golfing and doing stuff. They can focus on just what they, they're speaking you know, or whatever. They're, they're doing. But, um, you know, I think this stuff should be huge. But the I think the point that I think is really powerful that I take out of a lot of what you're doing is sure that would be great, but you're doing it for the right reason. At the end of the day, all of the stuff you're doing will have longevity. Your message will last. No one's going to, even with Eckhart, you know, once people are gone, they're not going to think about, you know, how, how many people did they fill in a yeah. venue? How many books did they sell? It'll be like, it's more distilled to just what was the message? Yeah. How did they make people feel? Yeah. How can that carry on? Which, you've already achieved and I think you're able to do it authentically like you're doing because from what I've learned anyway your philosophy in life is you know we don't need that much yeah you're able to even when you're saying you know if you sell um, one of your concerts you're going to put that money towards yeah. positive things you can think like that because you've or you already know that you you know I mean you live here in Vancouver it's beautiful yeah. and you've got an amazing life you know that I don't need, you know, millions and millions of dollars and more of this and more of that. So then that's so powerful yeah. because if you just have this need, you know, which a lot of us do that I need more, I need more, then you're not, you don't have the freedom to then put it 
you know, to do the things you care about because yeah. you're just trying to fill yourself first. So yeah. if you already have that, it gives you that freedom to be able to, you know, regardless of what happens and how many books you sell, to just keep doing what you want to do and help people. See, that it is so beautiful what you said. And it's kind of like people like say they're rich and then they have a house here in this t- t- country, in this country, right? Yeah. But if you do stuff from the heart, you know, I never started that way, but I've, I've realized, you know, there's a book, Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but now um, I can go anywhere because of what I've done. I have people all over the world. I can go to anywhere and they'll have me stay at their place for free because we love each other yeah. and we care. So I don't have to have a house here that I go to and a house there that where I'm going to sit as lonely as I am sitting in this mansion here. I've got people everywhere exactly which is just i mean that's a crazy thing isn't it sort of so you the end result is you get to do the same thing on an experience level but probably more you know it's actually more connected because you know you're going to another country instead of staying in a an expensive sterile hotel yeah you're going to stay in a house with people that you connect with and care about and have a more wholesome experience but you're still getting to do all the same yeah. things, which, you know, I always find that interesting. And I, even if I think back in my life when I had literally no money at all, yeah. I've always been able to do all the things I wanted to do. I found yeah. a way to travel, to see the world, to do this, to do that. Every If you just stay true to what you want to do, you find a way to make it work. And yeah. you realize you don't need all this other crap anyway. It's like so weird. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I was lived in a, a city called Kelowna, which was a big city at the time, about 100,000. And I had a, a place, it was a coffee house with no coffee, and it was vegetarian. And yeah. I lived in my homemade camper in the back, which was funky with a fireplace. And every, everybody, in, and I was coaching the college football and college basketball team at the same time. So I was coaching two major sports mm. and running this place and living in my homemade camper in the back of it. I had music five nights a week. And everybody donated tables, chairs, the walls were covered with artwork from artists and different things. And people would come. I had a board of directors, the mayor at that time, and doctor friends of mine. So I went through university. They were on my board of directors. But they said, Brock, we love what you do. Um, you, you don't ever have to answer to us. Just do what we love what you're doing. I lived in the back of that uh, for five years and didn't make a cent and it was like going to wow. somebody's house for for a meal with i had volunteers that made people like a, a vegetarian meal each night and um and i was chosen citizen of the year by the junior chamber of commerce by the city so here That's i didn't amazing. have any money but i had people yeah you yeah. know people which is That's the most important thing yeah like what what do i need money for if we have people yeah you make you know i had enough i had a bed i can sleep on somebody's couch i don't need a big house that i'm sitting there they're all those famous people are all watching the same tv program you are in your little place exactly they're all having the same experience anyway but and and the money and all of that stuff can get in the way and distract you from being able to do what's actually important so i mean it's it's an amazing thing it's you know sort of yeah incredible to be able to live like that in the world that we live in now yeah. where we're just you know we're pulled the opposite way everything's yeah. trying to pull us away from living like that when yeah. the answer is actually again so much more simple like we're yeah. saying yeah you know, it is so i mean look i could i love everything we're Whoa. talking about here i could sort of talk for i could yeah 
By yeah. the way, can I stay here? I don't have a home now. No, I'm just kidding. You can. <laughs> You're welcome. To. <laughs> if you wanted to, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so um, nice. Of course. Um, but look, you know, I could. Um, I will probably have to do a follow-up interview in the future because there's so many more things right. I want to talk about. Um, but we finish every episode with five closing questions. So oh. these can be... Oh, God. And these are just short answers. You know, yeah. whatever comes to mind. Um so the first one is, what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind? I, my dog, yeah. Oh, nice. And, uh, he, he passed away uh, um, when I was 14. Yeah. So I had him through my childhood. That was the hardest day of my life. And um, I wrote a song about him and everything. That's how much it meant to me. And, and you know, I just cried. And as an athlete, you know, I was told don't cry and all that. Mm. But that um, was really hard. That was my little closest friend eh, during all that time. So that would wow. be, it's sad, but it was the, the best. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, what, what do you think currently is the biggest burden on mental health in, in society? People not understanding why they're met, why they're having mental uh, health issues, not getting to that they're not good enough. Really, to see that because you can't do something about something if you don't understand where it's coming from. So I think that's a big, big challenge. Yeah, it goes back to what you said. Yeah. It's, I, 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 that really stuck with me. Yeah. What you said because it just simplifies such a clean, clear way of understanding this broad problem. So yeah. Yeah, because totally I can't agree. do anything if I don't understand where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, what's your personal definition of happiness? Just really being close to my heart. You know, like yeah. uh, it, 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 it's like one of my thoughts, uh, but it's about I don't need to be all smiles. It's knowing that I am whoever I feel like being. It's not smiling. I, I can be sad. I can be angry. I can be whatever. Yeah. And, and I don't feel shame around that, that, that it's okay. As long as I'm not taking that anger at other people and things. Yeah, but just understanding where it's coming from. Yeah, love that. Yeah, uh, what are you most afraid of? You know, oh, the the thing that came to mind. It, I mean, God, and people think I, that you know, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of death. So am I. Huh? I, I am, people don't like to say that when they're spiritual that, and I, I don't I get upset with people that are really spiritual. Everything's beautiful, like, and I, I, I love being here. Yeah, I love like what I'm doing here. I love that I'm growing. I've got a lot more growing to do, and um, my body is in a lot of pain from the things that I've done. Um, I don't believe in age, but and and so I don't believe in style or color or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going, and I don't like not knowing where I'm going. And I like I just if I if I created something, it couldn't be any more beautiful than what we've been given. What we've done with it is tragic mm -hmm. with this earth, mm -hmm. but. Um, I don't want to pass on. Yeah, no, I, I share that. I'm I'm terrified of it still because yeah. I same thing. I just want I just want it to go forever. I just yeah. like there's too too many things to experience and do and yeah. you know yeah exactly. It's like a hard thing to get your head around. Yeah, at the last moment, I'm going to give my life to every religion just in case I was. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about just, anything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just to be as, as a yeah. fail safe. Yeah, so, I I might do that as well. Um, so final one, what are you most proud of? I'm proud that I really started following my heart and that um, I'm doing my best to not go along with the crowd and different things. And and um, somebody said to me the other day, you know, like if you had, 
made all this money like say with these athletes because I've always been athletic and everything and all their money that, and like this sounds like a simple thing but there's a big message behind it. but say they go to another team or something they're, they're given more money and I think I would stay loyal at that team they say well I, they don't think somebody would and I said well I think I would I can't say it's easy for me to say but I, I, I want to be loyal to um, my heart you know mm -hmm. that not to the money, not be drawn to that. All these fans are cheering yes. for you, and then you just and you say well, you're doing it for the fans, but and then you do it for the money. Like, if you're doing it for the money, just say I'm doing it for the money. I'm a greedy, you know. You know oh, what I mean? No, I know a hundred percent what it you mean, me. and and I know the feeling myself. When whenever I've done that, I can feel because I've always been quite in tune, you know, with mm -hmm. my gut. And every time you're going against your heart, you instantly feel it, and yeah. you know. So it's like. And it is definitely, if you're going to go against it, it's healthier, I think, like yeah. you're saying, to at least acknowledge, okay, you know what? I don't really believe in what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing it because I want money. Yeah. Okay, fine. At least yeah. be honest with yourself yeah. about it. But I think that's a problem in the world where with we're just, we're not honest with, about it. Well, well, with work or something. I, th I always think we need three things on a human level. One is a job we really love and believe in, and it's yeah. got a purpose. A home it's a really soft place to land where it's yours where you feel really comfortable it doesn't matter how big and real friends in your life so on a human level we need those three things most people don't have any of those three they have acquaintances but not real friends you know they have a house but not a home mm. and they have work but it's not a um, something they're passionate about so we if if you go after one often you'll go after all three yeah and and i think why it's so important to be honest about things is your the influence it has on other people is okay i should go for all of these fake things as well yeah. so you know it's yeah but I, I that's that's pretty powerful what you said so. um, well yeah thank you so much brock this is um yeah i, I like i said i could talk for another five hours um, with you about all of this and love everything you're doing thank you for coming uh, and doing this in person thank you, you that know? was such an honor that you asked me and everybody keep listening to nick's podcast and um, <laughs> what you're doing in the world is so important and I'm really touched and honored to be here so thank you I appreciate it. and same to me and you know it really means a lot you know to that you've made the time to come in person and do it really yeah admire what you've done yeah. and how you've de what you've dedicated your life to yeah. it was super impressive and again for anyone listening uh, in the links to uh, this show we'll have your books will have the um, documentary that's coming out on February 26th. So make sure to check out and support the work that Brock's doing because it is it is really important and, and amazing. So everyone listening, you know, make sure. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank <laughs> you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Brock Tully for joining me today for Move Your Mind. If you'd like to learn more, you can purchase the Move Your Mind book at nickbrax.com book or you can join the Move Your Mind community at moveyourmind.me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.